morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever it is you're coming from. Thanks for joining. Super excited to be back here for my next podcast episode of Rewarding Conversations. I am here with Leia, and uh, I know Leia through a very particular field that I haven't really talked a lot about on my podcast, um, but we'll get into that in a little bit. But say hi to the audience, Leia. Hi, how is everyone? <laughs> oh, I'm sure everybody is great. Um, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I was trying to think, okay, who are people that I want to have on here? I want to have people that have something to say. Everybody has something to say, but I want to have people on here that, you know, I feel like have a viewpoint, an opinion, or, you know, maybe maybe let's focus on somebody that I already have an established relationship with. And then you popped in my head. Now, you hey. popped in my head for a bunch of different <laughs> reasons. Um, we have a very interesting dynamic and a working relationship. And we'll definitely get into all of that. But uh, I always like to say we can never know kind of where somebody is now until we know where they came from. So this is your part of the timeline and story. Uh, tell me and the audience a little bit about yourself. Um, so I, I grew up in like a very tight knit family. Just I have one sister and mom and dad. Okay. And really, that was our entire unit. We really I didn't really know um, too many of my aunts and uncles. And so we were just like the powerful four that would just carry on and like, oh, I love that. Fantastic four. (laughs) Um, My whole family, they're musicians. Um, So I grew up doing music. And actually, my major in school was classical piano and performance and solo work. Um, So that was my main focus through. I would say middle school, high school, and then college. I, I started when I was about five and then just carried on um, till, till college. And I had always wanted to do acting, um, but because of music and my upbringing, it was like, you're going to do music. I'm like, I've got it. I can do this. I can just <laughs> stick with music forever. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I kind of discovered Maybe this isn't what I want to be doing for eight, nine hours a day, um, yeah. every day. And so then I I was able to have the opportunity to get into acting. And then I went into um, the Hood School of Acting, which is in like Cleveland, Ohio. And that's really where everything started. And I focused on Meisner technique. And that's yeah. my core. And ever since then, I fell in love with it. And that's been my number one focus is just acting, getting better, improving myself. And and that's really, that's my story. <laughs> All right. Well, I have a bunch of questions. I'm sure the audience has a bunch of questions. Let's start with something you just said. Mm-hmm. Tell the world what the Meisner technique is. I know what that is, but tell tell the world from your perspective and experience what that is and what that means to you. Sure. So the Meisner technique, um, from my perspective, is making, having imaginary circumstances with true emotion. So it's about practicing creatively, um, building circumstances in your mind that you can connect with emotionally, but not using true trauma or true things that actually happened, which is really awesome. You know, it keeps keeps me safe, keeps your mind safe, and you don't have to yeah. out. I was absolutely, that's the exact word that I always use is safety. Um, it's almost like a safety net. It, it allows you to go to a place, whether that's a happy place or a dark place or a comedic place or whatever it is, but it 
it sort of stops the crash from happening. It sort of stops you from going to a really negative headspace, and it's like a really beautiful safety net. So I think that's a great way of describing it. Um, so musical, you said, you know, you, you're a musical person, you were kind of raised in that environment. So what instruments do you play? So I play classical piano. I also play a little bit of jazz piano. I've played, um, guitar, violin. I also do vocal and that's pretty much it. I just, I just wish you were involved in things. That's all. I just wish you did anything. That's, that's amazing. Um, I'm very basic when it comes to classical. I love classical music, but I am a Mozart like through and through fan. I've been a Mozart fan since I was a little, little boy. But uh, as I got older, I, I started really liking other performers and stuff. And I like lists a lot. Like I really like, um, oh yeah, yeah, really complex, complicated stuff that I feel like every year that I get older, I appreciate his work more and more. Um, but where did this, where would you say this passion for acting came from? You know, you, you were in this musical environment and you were able to thrive in it, obviously, and be good and be successful at things. Where did this bug, that's what we always call it, the acting bug, where did that actually originate from? That's a really good question. Um, I had always wanted to do it ever since I could remember. I've always loved telling stories and making people laugh and... I supposedly got that from my cousin, who also loves to tell stories. She will just keep talking, but she's so fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> so supposedly I got that from her, and I just felt like acting was so important for society in general to tell stories, to really have people feel and and really understand, or as close as they can possibly understand what happens to people in different situations and being aware of other people's circumstances. So that's, I think that's where it came from. It's just, it was something I always felt like I needed to do. I love that. Um, well, since we're on the topic, we have to get into it. I am a movie geek through and through, hardcore. A bunch of my tattoos reference films directly. What are some of your Let's go with favorite slash inspirational films. Uh, we're, we're really going to deep dive into your acting and, and our relationship with that and everything. But, um, you know, what are some of your absolute favorite films, uh, whether past or present? Um, I would say Shawshank Redemption is one of my favorite. Um, okay, real quick. I'm so sorry to cut you that's off. That's too much. Uh, that, that's my favorite film. Is um, it really? Three of my tattoos directly reference the Shawshank Redemption. Oh, my gosh. Um, Do you have is, three? Okay. Uh, uh, I have the rock wall leading to the oak tree on my back. Yeah. Um, so I'm telling the world right now that I have a rock wall leading to an oak tree on my back. Uh, Leia <laughs> understands exactly what that means. I have the rock hammer tattooed on my calf on my right side oh my of my God. leg. Um, and my first tattoo I ever got is the last line in the film, which is I hope. So yes, I have a deep, deep connection to that film. So continue, oh. but I, I had to nerd out about that. I'm like, when I asked you that question, immediately in my head, I was like, just please say Shawshank as one of your favorite films. Yes. Um, but that is that is the film that has changed me the most. So I digress. Continue. Oh, my gosh. It's phenomenal. And that's so great. I love that I was also like, do you have the tree? And you're like, oh, I have the and tree. And I was like, oh, yeah, I have so the tree. Glad. Of course I do. <laughs> it's so good. So that is definitely um, one of my absolute favorite films. Um, Green Mile, super Beautiful. Super Beautiful. emotional. Oh my gosh. So good. Um, You're hitting so that Stephen King, Frank Darabont kind of yeah. genre right there. Yeah. I definitely am. I definitely am. And then also Sophie's Choice. Wow. Um, okay. The choice. Hard hitting. 
I, I like I like emotionally deep movies. If it yeah. doesn't, <laughs> if that wasn't clear by now, you're right. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one of the most that that moment. You know, that scene. We all know what that scene is, but that scene is one of the most incredibly well acted moments I've ever seen on film. Oh my gosh, it's so truthful, and that's what I'm so much about is about having being able to get as close to that truth that that individual may have been feeling at that time yeah um is just like that's that to me is like what it's about um let's see i would say um hacksaw ridge that they just redid that yes yes yeah. yes beautiful film and um i would say what is that i'm gonna say the wrong date 1917 Oh, yeah, yeah, 1917, yeah. 1917. Yeah. And that was just, like, really interesting to watch. I loved, and I, I love going um, behind the scenes and seeing their, uh, how they made their seamless transitions to make yeah. it as if it was one shot through the entire thing. And it really put you the, it, it almost felt like virtual reality, you know. Yeah, it, it was so immersive. Stopped. Yeah, it was so immersive that you you feel like you're, like, another character going through this journey um, w with this person, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, another one? See, I'm just going to keep going. No, I um, love this. This I could do this all day. The Game. Uh, uh, with Michael Douglas and Sean yeah. Penn? Oh, yeah. great movie. I did, Such okay. a good movie. Le legitimately, I think that's one of the new films they just put on Netflix. I just watched it like four or five days ago again. Oh, did you really? Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. The, the ending is... The whole movie is bonkers, and you're trying to figure out whether this is real or fake or what this is, and and then you're like, this is too real to be fake, and then it gets to the end and the jumping off and shooting, and you're like, what is happening? And then <laughs> so the, the payoff is so amazing at the end. It is because it. I felt like it was complete. Also, yeah, so absolutely. Sometimes um, there can be this feeling of like, oh, like that that part resolved but I, I don't feel completely resolved but this one it just took you on this total journey and just yeah. pulled the rug underneath your feet i won't give any spoilers but it's really yeah. good to watch it um you're picking some great film we could hang out and watch movies now that i know this about you it's time for movie night <laughs> it's time for movie night <laughs> and then um what did i um Oh, there was one more that was in my mind, but then I started thinking about movie night and snacks. I'm all about snacks. Snacks. The snack game is legit. Yes. Movie snacks are crucial. I, I don't think I... Uh, no, I, I wouldn't have told you about this, but um, months ago, I, I want to say like November, December, when everything was still shut down in the world, uh, my wife actually, because she supports my movie geekness, Fabulous. she started going to our local movie theater and saying hey can we rent out a theater and they were like well nobody's coming in so yeah you can rent out a theater for like this ridiculously cheap price and she said okay so we started doing that and we're still doing it today um we have gone like every two weeks like clockwork for legitimately like seven or eight months oh my god um and we are allowed to bring any film that we want so i have watched shawshank et um you know we, we've watched some really breakfast club breakfast club is my second favorite movie after shawshank yes. um i'm a huge john hughes fan i'm such a john hughes like nerd he understood teenagers better than anybody else ever i think 
think um, so. And, and E.T. is the film that wrecks me more than any other movie. Like, I just can't. I can't not cry and watch E.T. Um, and then we saw some really fun things like Mrs. Doubtfire and Hook and, you know, some really fun movies. Oh, fabulous. Um, yeah. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade, um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Oh, uh, we, okay. Uh, Father of the Bride. Like, we just, we've been watching just absolutely phenomenal films. That. Where is this theater? And so it's Cedar. It's Cedar Lee Theater. It's called Cedar Lee. Um, so shout out to Cedar Lee Theater. You guys are absolutely incredible. Um, if any of you are all listening out there, um, Liz and Sharon um, are two of the most amazing humans. They have taken care of us like family. Um, but Cedar Lee Theater, honestly, that place is is just the best, and and we love it there. So shout out to them. You should check it out. It really is fabulous. I can. I, I'm like two minutes away from there. So are you really? You live that I, close to Cedar Lee? I am. <laughs> yeah, we always go to um right before we go to a show, we always go to Boss Dog right before. Oh, nice. Yeah, we always and we've actually uh we're getting down these like little sidetrack stories, but this is fun since you're here and you know these places. Mm-hmm. Um we were in Boss Dog one time and I'm a huge supporter, if anybody's heard my podcast or, or anything of uh, the company Only Human, I'm actually doing a live Q and A with them later today. And I was in Boss Dog, and I was wearing an Only Human shirt, um, and somebody came in wearing an Only Human hat, and we immediately connected, and we were like, what? Let's be friends, and now we're friends. So, uh, yeah, the, those types of places, because it's so, it's so perfectly located in, like, this cool neighborhood and area, and there's just so much fun stuff to do around there. We have friends that live right around there. It's just a great place. Like, we love being in that area. Oh, it's so phenomenal. And what I really love about that area is that a lot of places are just family owned, which is yeah, like little awesome. independent places. So great. So have great. you ever been to Momo's? Momo's down the yeah, it's on that same no. block. I'm telling you, you gotta you gotta remember this from the conversation. It's called Momo's. I think it's Moroccan food, and it's phenomenal. It's so oh. so good. Mama. Anyway, the audience is like, what are these people talking about? Um, we're, we're talking about our love for this area. This is a great area to be in, and, and we like this area. So, all right, let's get into how you and I met and how we know each other. Um, now, I haven't talked about this a whole lot on my podcast, but I actually uh, write and direct and produce and edit and whatever um, independent films in the area. Um, and, and it's a real passion of mine. I am a as I said, a movie geek through and through. It's something I've always wanted to do, and I waited to my mid-30s to start. Why not? Um, but but I had written a script that I felt very passionate about, a very strange and different script, and I kind of put out like a casting call, like, hey, does anybody want to audition for this role? Now, this was a particularly weird role, and uh, Leia decided, hey, I want to audition for that. So I want to get into that whole process for you and why it was a weird role in general, um, but uh, if you would like, I would like to hear from your point because I actually don't know this story. What was it about this script or role that made you want to audition? Hmm. Well, when I first saw the audition, um, I thought it sounded really interesting. And then when I reached out to you and you sent me the script, I literally um, started crying at the end of the script. And I, it touched me if I, if I must say so. So this, the, the writing, your script, your choices in how to, um, go through this person's life to tell their story 
truly touched me. And I was like, I have to do this. This is something special. I feel like this is something different. It's all emotion based. And that was phenomenal. And it, it really uh, made an impact with me and it made a connection. And I was like, I got to try. Oh my gosh. And see. Um, I feel very like, okay. I, feel, I didn't know that and that you felt <laughs> that way, but that makes me feel good because that's all I want. Um, that was a particularly hard script to write and a role to cast for me. Well, it sort of was, and then it sort of wasn't. So I'm going to tell I'm going to tell the the audience what it was. So it was called The Waiting Man, and it is about a woman who gets home from her day and she begins kind of unpacking her life. And it was important for me through absolutely no dialogue because in this short film, Leia has not a single word of dialogue. Um, there is no dialogue in the entire film. So I needed somebody that could convey a lot of emotion with just their face and just their body language and just their movements. And that was going to be very hard to find because I had a very, very, very specific vision for this. I had a very specific person, not physical, but a person in mind that needed to be able to do all of these things. And it wasn't going to be easy because you had to start kind of stoic and getting home and you're going through your routine and you're brushing your teeth and, you know, you're going into the kitchen and you're kind of doing some self-reflection. And then you needed to emotionally start to kind of crack and crumble and break down. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't want to give away too much for those of you out there uh, about the film. But when Leia gets home, when her character gets home, we see as an audience she is not alone. Uh, there is somebody in her uh, home waiting for her. Um, and as she settles into her night, the person begins approaching her from behind and real nerves kind of settle in. And that's what I've been told. Everybody that has seen the film has said that, that like it's very nerve wracking at first. And then the twist and the transition that happens becomes very emotionally unsettling for a lot of people. Um, and I'm going to be perfectly frank. I had somebody in mind that submitted an audition and I said okay I'm going to go with this person and then you submitted your audition and after you submitted yours I can very bluntly say you were that was it I, I stopped considering all other auditions um, you just you, you were that character you were Jane you were that character as soon as you auditioned I was like okay that's it well I have this I have this role cast um, you gave such a beautiful deep emotional intense audition i watched your audition and cried so that's that's when i knew that i had found my when i had found my actor um and then anthony gave a really really great um audition as well and just was really able to convey a lot of emotion with his face and the coolest thing was arriving on set very minimal set it was you and anthony and me and brandon uh, mm -hmm. who was my production assistant and, you know, we were able to do all of this together. I rented out a home. And the way that you and Anthony kind of did your, you know, made it look like you all had a life together and the pictures and the videos, I, I have saved all of that. That's going in like my <laughs> archive of coolest things ever. Um, it is definitely the film that I have made that has gained the most, I guess, reaction and attention. And I've submitted it to a lot of film festivals and we have won a lot of film festivals, which is cool. Yeah. Um and it's something that I'm very excited about, but I'm curious, um, and, and for the audience, I, I will definitely say uh, Leia goes to a very, very emotional place in the film, um, 
we did so many of those emotional shots in one take because I was like, that's it. I don't need anything else. You did this perfectly. We filmed it very quickly, actually. It did not take that long to film. But I'm curious for you, what was the process like um, mentally preparing you know, for the film or, or any projects that you work on, but obviously this one in particular, because this is the one I have experience with you with. Mm-hmm. But what is that process like before you walk through that door? And then what was it like for you on set? However much you want to talk about that, because you really did go to kind of an intense place. So I, I'm just curious of what that process is like for you. Sure. Um, thank you so much for saying that's awesome to hear all of that. By the you way, you were amazing, like amazing. I'm so I'm I'm so happy that that you're happy about it. So it just, ah, I'm like over the moon about it. Um, the film is successful you. because of you. Like, let's just not make any assumptions about anything else. The film is successful because of you. Um, so I have the world know that. Um, I'm going to be releasing the film on like, you know, Vimeo and YouTube and stuff eventually in the future when it's done the film festival circuit. But like the film works because of you. That's specifically why I wanted to talk to you about this. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm so glad. And without a team, like, it wouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, so. absolutely. Thank you so much. The um, Sorry, I just want to say that, so I'll go back to your question. Um, so to get to that particular um, point for that movie, I would say it took a lot of homework, a lot, a lot of homework in understanding what makes those emotions true in me. Um, It took a lot of critiquing and a lot of, I guess, being very blunt with myself and feeling, and feeling those emotions and going, no, that's, that's not it. Just be honest with yourself, you know, really be tough on yourself, but be kind to yourself at the same time. Um, And Really, it's it's the miser technique for me is that I use those imaginary circumstances with, you know, true emotion and constantly practicing that. Um, I at least do the Meisner exercises at least four, four times a week, at least. So I'm constantly training and constantly working on, on how to understand myself and understand my emotions. And I would say that is the, the key of getting to deep emotional places. Yeah. Um, whatever you're doing, keep doing it because <laughs> it, I, I sort of, I've described it to a couple people in the film community as it was like watching an evolution of a character happen right in front of me. I had to give you so little direction. It kind of freaked me out. Um, there, there is a point later in the film where the final location of the shot is uh, Leia is on. Uh, she's sitting on a couch and she puts in kind of earbuds. And that's as, you know, the, the waiting man begins walking up behind her. And as we were filming, I could just kind of see you slowly starting to go there to, to go to that place. And you were getting deeper and deeper. And as the man was approaching and getting closer and closer, it just so fluidly happened. It wasn't, it didn't happen in stages. It happened like water. And that's the way I've kind of talked about it is you kind of just started, you know, going down this stream and it was getting like, it was like the waters were getting choppier and it was getting more rapid. And, you know, it was like you, you were starting to kind of drown a little bit in your own emotions. 
And by the time we got to the kind of emotional climax of, of the film, um, that final shot, we did in one take. It was one take. Um, and I, I was behind the camera crying. And Brandon, Brandon told me he was behind me as I was behind the camera, and he was crying. Um, it was, it's one of the most beautiful experiences I've ever had on set. And I love when I can be the quote-unquote director, and I don't have to really direct. I'm just positioning the camera, and I'm adjusting the lens, and I'm adjusting the lighting, and you did all of the work. Um, and it's certainly a team effort, and it's a group effort, but, you know, there there is no taking away from me that, you know, that was, that was w- whatever place you went to, and however you got there, it's like, okay, I don't know what I just witnessed and what I just saw, but it was a beautiful thing, um, and you gave me exactly what I was looking for and you did that character justice in a way that I had only kind of hoped for. Um, and it definitely shows because I submitted it to one film festival and we were admitted and we won. And I submitted it to another one and then we were selected and we won. And then I was like, okay, there's a trend going on here. Um, (laughs) I have not, I have not, the film has not gotten into a film festival that I've submitted it to. We, no film festival has said no. Um, and, it's it's a really interesting experience because we live in a world right now where you know explosions and cgi and everything is just what's happening and really complex dialogue and everything and this was a film of no dialogue no special effects no special anything it was essentially just you and a camera um, and then anthony comes in periodically throughout the film to kind of put the audience on edge and then deliver kind of an emotional blow as he walks in front of you um and people have had such amazing reactions to it um you know i i've shown it to people and you know i I showed it to one person in particular who is kind of like oh yeah you know i yeah movies are cool you know i guess and at the end of the film like he was crying and he was just like what did you do to me man this i didn't expect this at all i thought this was going to be like a horror film and then it turned into like this emotionally devastating like love story like he was like what did you do to me man um and that's that's what i'm all about i really like having some sort of little interesting you know twist if you want to call it or surprise or something like that but um it it really was just a testament to your your work and your abilities and and what you put into it because it was fluid and it was seamless and it was beautiful um so i'm very grateful for you know that performance and working with you and i can't wait to work with you again yes um, absolutely it would, thank it would be you wonderful to, I, i'm actually finishing up a script right now that i will be submitting to you soon oh, uh, to thank see you. if you would be interested but um tell me what do you get out of acting like you you get you you audition and you you put yourself out there what is that feeling like for you when you know because i'm sure you submit a lot of auditions for things that you don't get Mm -hmm. um you know what is that process like of saying okay i choose to do this and then that letdown of they don't choose you back are you able to kind of get past that and just move on or is it a blow does it hurt um You know, it's interesting. I don't know if it's all the training with classical piano and having very harsh realities of going, you did a great job. You've been working on this for literally nine months. We don't like you. Go sit over there. And you're like, oh, okay. 
I did not do a good enough job <laughs> or I didn't do the cadenza where it would need it to be. <laughs> like, um, I don't know if it's that, um, but I am very used to um, working very hard and then having having it having not not be the one to, for that project. Um, and that's okay to me. I, I feel like um, for an actor to think, okay, my job is auditioning. My job is auditioning. And then you just carry on. I feel like that is one of the most healthy ways to deal with it because it is a lot. And you do go through a lot of emotional turns or you have this audition that you really, really want to get. And just for some reason, you may not get it. And to say, all right, maybe, you know, it's not, I just wasn't what they were looking for necessarily. I think saying that to yourself is a really good way to deal with the, the choices that they make, you know, because it's all you can control is your audition. And, and that's the best way to think of it is that it really is not under your control. You just give what you can. You see if they like it. And if they do, then, then you end up getting it. Yeah, so you seem to have kind of a very professional approach to it of like, sometimes this will work out and sometimes it won't, and you just got to keep going. Yes, you have yeah. to keep going. So how do you choose the projects that you want to audition for? Like when you look at things and people post things, like I, I post things, you know, there, there's film groups that I'm a part of, and all of my films take place in Cleveland, and I really like, I, my preference is definitely to hire local actors because I really like supporting that community. But for you in terms of, you know, when you're looking through those sites or whatever links or whatever you go on, how do you choose what you're interested in auditioning for? Do you like more drama or comedy or, or whatever it may be? Or are you kind of open to everything? Do you like the challenge of molding and adjusting to different characters? I love the challenge. I love, I love, love, love the challenge. So um, I'll audition pretty, pretty much for any role. Um because I, I don't, I don't like to think that I can't audition for something at least and to limit myself. Um, cause really that's just stopping myself in my own mind. That's, that's not really allowing myself to grow. And like I said, I love telling stories and I love, um, being able to try and get into somebody's shoes as much as possible if, with a life experience that I have not had yet or to be able to share what I've shared in a different way. Um, so really I, I love going for like challenging roles. Um, yeah. So, so I will audition for pretty much anything. What has been, what are the roles that are typically the most challenging for you? Like the, the actual films that you've done and, and what you've been a part of, um, or even what you've auditioned for, what do you find to be the most challenging type of work? I'd probably say comedy. Yeah. Comedy's hard. That's, I'm, <laughs> I'm a goofy person. I, I like to live in a world of laughing. I, I, you know, laughing is my favorite thing to do in the world. And a lot of my friends, I was literally just talking about this yesterday. My friends are like, how come you've never written anything funny? And I'm like, I can't write comedy. I can't sit down and just write comedy. I think it's the most challenging thing in the world. And when you can see an actor actually be funny on screen, I'm like, that's difficult. That's very, very difficult. Yes. So 
do you feel like you have a good grasp of comedy or do you feel like that's still an evolving kind of thing for you? Because I, I agree with you completely. Comedy across the board is very challenging. Yes, it's so challenging. And that's something that I'm really, really focusing on, on right now. So I would say it's an evolving process, but I also, um, I I grew up being goofy or being like the funny one in the family. Yeah, and same. I always loved making everybody laugh, but it's so different than going in with a script and making very specific choices because, I mean, comedy takes so much time um, with a script and you really, really have to iron out and once again, be honest with yourself and maybe do an audition, watch it and you go, yeah, that didn't make me laugh. I don't know why that didn't make me laugh, but it didn't work. And then you do it again and you try it a different way or you try the timing different. It's so much about timing and um, honesty and being fast. And I would say it's definitely, I would say everything that I do is is a learning and evolving process. I'm always, always evolving. So it's always good. I have in my own research and how to, you know, write and direct and all that, I've watched tons and tons and just hundreds of hours of interviews with different types of actors and writers and directors and everything. And something I've really discovered that I think is so interesting is when I hear comedic actors, you know, typecast, whatever, comedic actors talk about taking on serious roles. And when I hear about typically serious actors talk about taking on comedic roles. And what I've discovered through through listening to all of that is serious actors taking on comedy, they almost always talk about how they view it as like, oh, okay, this will be this will be less work. This will be easier. And they're like, it is the most difficult thing. It's so much harder than being serious, being funny, oh being authentically funny. And then comedic actors taking on more serious roles, they're just like, oh, yeah, you know, it was just, you know, it was a day on the set and, you know, we, we did work. And and it's so funny to think that, com you know, typical funny people can handle being serious better than typical serious people that are nominated for Oscars and stuff can handle being funny. It's yes. a more challenging transition. Oh, my gosh. It absolutely is. I agree. And and that's what I've heard, too. And it's I from firsthand experience, it it is hard. Comedy yeah. is hard. It takes um, a lot, a lot of hard work and dedication to it, for sure. Things that come to mind immediately, um, one of my favorite films is The Truman Show. And oh, seeing yeah. seeing Jim Carrey, you know, historically at that time, especially like Goofy, you know, Ace Ventura, The Mask, um, you know, he, he went through kind of his progression at Dumb and Dumber, you know, and he was just the goofy guy and everything. And then when he did The Truman Show... I was completely blown away because he's goofy and he's weird and he's quirky. And the ending just, you know, him getting on the boat and refusing to stop no matter what's happening and, you know, crashes into the wall and that moment where he's beating on the wall, like, and it's just, it's intense and it's so yeah. serious. And you're like, oh, Jim Carrey, the comedian isn't here anymore. This is like, he's an actor. He's a real, real high quality actor. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, and the man, uh, the man on the moon, I, I absolutely love. I thought he was brilliant in that. And then, you know, when you see somebody like Jack Lemmon, who made an entire career off of being the goofy, funny, even though he played the straight man a lot, you know, he was still very goofy and funny. And then you see Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, and you're like, oh my gosh, like he <laughs> played this like serious guy that's trying to help his wife and help his family and build his business. And he's so just like straight laced serious. And you're like, this guy's incredible. Like he's so good in it. Yeah. Um, 
And then a lot of times I see serious actors doing comedy and I'm like, no, no, don't do this. This is not for you. Right. So that, that transition is very, very interesting. It really is. And it, yeah. Um, there's something special about comedy and, and those actors that can, they just have it and it's just yeah. wild. It's so good. Um, and then to see them transition into dramas or romantic and it's just like, it, it, it kind of turns you on your head a little bit, but it's, yeah, it's incredible sure. because they really are phenomenal. And it's just, I'm going to ask you a tough question. I'm ready. If you had to pick one single favorite thing about acting and why you do what you do and why you train as hard as you train and why you study as hard as you study, like the payoff, what is that one thing that you take from acting that you say, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep training. And, you know, I'm not getting paid $20 million for a movie or anything like that. Like you're doing this for you, essentially. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is that payoff for you? What is that thing that keeps you going? Hmm. Because you're great I, at it. You are so so good at it. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. It's, um, it's really all that training and hard work, and I would say the payoff is is probably. the the new experiences that you get to have like the new the different lives you get to live um yeah because even if something doesn't get shown or or you just were able to do the audition you really kind of grasp more understanding of people and i think that's the biggest payoff for me is really wow like i and because of the training that I've done with the Hood School of Acting with Meisner, I always tend to go there emotionally. And then when I'm done and I shake it off and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was like very intense and very wild. Or like, that was weird. Or like, I never thought that that, that would be a reaction that I would have if I was this person in that circumstance. So I would say being able to relate to others more, if that makes sense. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I've thank you for that also. Mm-hmm. That that's it, it's it seems to be um kind of a thought process of a few actors that I've worked with that I've gotten to know uh, you know as humans and become friends with and things like that. Um that kind of payoff is kind of growing as a person and learning about people more and that's you know, I love writing a script because it's getting my thoughts out and and you know, putting things down that I want to see, you know, I'm writing what I want to see. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I found myself, you know, I love a good Marvel movie as the next, you know, as much as the next person, all that, but I find myself drawn to films now that are very, very emotionally complex and well-written. Um, you know, like Parasite was an incredible film. Portrait of a Lady on Fire was absolutely breathtaking um you know so there are these films that are being made now um sometimes uh, sometimes never rarely always um was really really beautiful um you know and they are all dialogue driven films or they are all emotional driven films and that's what i kind of found myself being drawn to recently so that's kind of what i write um and through this process i've gotten to meet so many incredible people and 
seeing what I write or, you know, what what's down on paper being like acted out is sometimes very like cathartic and strange and like, Oh, okay. This is, this is interesting seeing this, <laughs> you know, being, cause then I edit and it's like hours and hours and hours of editing and I'm just like staring at it and I start to lose connection after a little while. So I, tr I try to like take breaks and come back to it and just look <laughs> yeah. at it again. So for all you indie filmmakers out there listening, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you do all the work yourself. You do the casting and the writing and the lighting and the sound and all that. Um, but you know, every once in a while you see something and you go, okay, I got this right. Um, I connected with this and I grew from this and I learned from this. And it's cool to know that that's happening for me behind the camera and it happens for people on the other side of the camera because you're the one doing all the work. So greatly appreciate all of you out there that are actors, that are indie actors, that are just trying to grow personally and, you know, get better and, you know, just keep pushing, keep trying, keep working. Um, because yeah. us indie filmmakers out there, we need you guys. We don't have <laughs> films, uh, you know, if you if you all are out there aren't putting in the hard work. So keep doing what you're doing. So, um, Leah, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. This is amazing. This, this was a great conversation. I had a lot of fun with this. I had a lot of fun as well. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. Now, I can't let you go without doing a little rapid fire Q&A. Um, you're not going to get away that easy. Uh, and uh, you do not know the questions I'm going to ask you, correct? Correct. All right. So get ready. Um, no, it's nothing too intense. What <laughs> is your favorite late night snack food? Ooh. Okay. So. Oh, I love your physical reaction. Did you see how I told you people, everything? People <laughs> can't see you right now, but I can see you. And your physical response to that was so great. <laughs> I can't hide. I just tell no. everything. No hiding. <laughs> no hiding. Um, I would probably say my favorite nighttime snack is actually um, like a charcuterie board. Oh, my gosh. I know. Fancy. Such a good choice. I love charcuterie boards so much. Oh, why? Why are we not doing this movie night? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, get to the I get the charcuterie board at Boss Dog. That's what I get when I Do go you? there. Yes, the I that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, so that's you make like, you make your own charcuterie board? I make my own at home, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, All right. What I'll are like, your what are your go-to foods that you what are your meats and cheeses and everything that you go for? So normally I I definitely love having capers on the board. Oh, I love capers. I love capers. Um if I have some smoked salmon, I'll put smoked salmon mm. on there. And then I like St. Angel's Triple Cream Brie. I like Abella Batano Mobe. I like um, an H. You're saying like... such beautiful, fancy words right now. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. And then um, what's another one? Sometimes I'll just do like a classic, like extra sharp white cheddar. And then so good. So good. Some sort of fruit with it or um, like peppers, like. I like having um, just like apples or pears, like brown pears, something like real sweet that pairs with the pear. Are pears. you a are you a condiment person with that? Do you like jams and jellies or mustards with your charcuterie, or do you just like it straight up? I do like seeded mustard. Yes, that is my thing. Seeded. Yes, that'd be seeded the, mustard. The IPA mustard at at Bostock is really good. I always order that extra with the charcuterie board. So oh, we got to do this sometime. Now that I know you live so close, we gotta we gotta do I this. Know. We gotta hang out. So we gotta make this happen. <laughs> See, podcast bringing people together. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so great, phenomenal answer. Uh, question two, what is your dream vacation? Oh, dream vacation. I would probably... I would really... I guess I would really like to go to... Oh, see, I already went there, but I'd like to go to the top of Mount Rainier. If I could. Oh, wow. I have hiked all the way to the snow part of Mount Rainier. Um, and it took like literally seven hours to hike all the way up. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then we like slid down. My husband and I, we, <laughs> we slid wild. down the side of the mountain. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and so I would love to go there again. Um, that that was phenomenal. But if there was a place that I haven't gone, um, I would I would love to go to Hawaii. Yeah. I, I have not I have not been either. My wife and I love to travel. We travel all the time. I would love to go to Hawaii too. So, but that's a good answer. Yeah, I love that that vision of you sliding down the mountain with your husband. That's hilarious. Oh my gosh, it was so funny because we just had you know regular hiking clothes on, and um, we got up to I can't remember where the sign was, but it definitely told us like past this point there could be a whiteout. You will not be able to see each other. Just like basically, don't move. And I said, if this happens, um, and they said it can happen in like 30 seconds and you just have to wait. Whoa. Yeah. So that was kind of scary, but I was like, if that happens, like, let's just tie something to each other right now, just in case. Cause you never know. And so we, we had like a long time and we got up to the snow and right before the snow, there's like this beautiful stream. Everything is green because it's like this ice, ice cold water that's coming down and just feeding all the plants. And then you get up to the snow and we didn't have anything. And I'm like, I have to, I have to slide down this. This is so steep. I see a path where I should go. It's only like 25 feet. And so I tied my jacket. We like tied our jackets around our waist and zipped them up. So we looked like penguins. And then we just like <laughs> sat and slid. And like everybody was watching us. They cheered us at the end. And so it was really That's amazing. It was great. <laughs> That's so cool. I love that. Um, okay. Next question. What are things or a thing that makes you sad? Hmm. Something that makes me sad. Um, I think missed opportunity. That oh. makes me really sad. That's like it in a nutshell i would say regardless if it's something with my parents or my sister or my husband or a friend or my nephews just a missed opportunity and having it literally gone like there's no way to get back to it i think that's something that makes me really sad Ooh, you just made you just touched something you made me sad um Sorry. <laughs> yeah no that's nobody's ever given that answer before and that's that's a uh, I don't want to say that's a good answer because that's a that's a tough thing to hear but I feel like that's an absolutely universal accurate answer that that kind of oh I missed my shot for that that's a really kind of heartbreaking thing so yeah definitely um, find those little things that actually yeah. make you hurt <laughs> yeah um, let's go to the opposite of that the flip side what makes you happy um, I would say. I would say almost the opposite, but I would say um, to be able to provide. And I don't mean that monetarily. I mean 
um, like with my time, same thing with the, the people that are most important to me, family, friends, my husband, my nephews, you know, like being able to provide them time or like give them happiness or even um, to provide for myself and be like, man, I really put the work in for that. That makes me like, and seeing the reward from, from doing that, um, I would say that's something that like, it, it like almost amps me up. Like I can feel it right now. I'm getting warm because I'm getting excited about it. And uh, that's definitely, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Final question. What advice would you give your younger self? Don't worry as much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Try not um, to worry so much. <laughs> I, I've said this on other podcasts. If you've listened to it, you've heard it before. It's so interesting to me that almost every person gives some sort of version of that answer. Yeah. Like, relax more, breathe more, don't worry, things will be okay, things will work out. Um, there's so much worry in adolescence. There's so much worry in the perception of others and what people think of you and should I go this way or that way? Do I make this choice or that choice? And this will affect my entire life and what do my friends think of me and... Right. Um, and then you hopefully, hopefully get older and wiser and you realize that you should just be yourself and surround yourself with people that love you for exactly who you are and care about you for exactly who you are. And they don't try to change you. They champion you. They, they love you for the person that you are. And when you can find people like that and surround yourself and you can be that for another person, you just create such an incredible environment of acceptance and love and happiness, um, you know, so I, I absolutely get and feel that for sure. Yeah. And that's being in that environment with those people They're Don't, don't feel discouraged. They're out there. Who's listening right now? Those people are out there. Just surround yourself with them as much as possible and it'll be okay. Leia, you're awesome. Oh, um, awesome. Thank you. This was, this is such a great experience. I appreciate you so much for doing this. Uh, you will be hearing from me again soon for two reasons. Number one, to reach out to you about a potential script I talked to you about. Uh, and number two, we got to get charcuterie at Boss Dog and hang out. Like, we, we have just, to. This we got to make that thing. happen. Yeah, you, you can you can meet the wife and all that. We, we got to do that. We got we to gotta do this hangout. So we're yes. going to make this happen. I agree. I agree. So thank you so much for having me. This, this has to happen soon. <laughs> I'm down for sure. Um, so th this was great. This was really interesting to hear your perspective of being an actor and a human and somebody that's into the arts and, um, you know, you've, you've kind of pulled back that curtain for, for me and for the audience, hopefully for all of you listening out there. Um, I hope you all got something out of this. And if you're in that field, if you're an indie filmmaker, or you're an actor, or you're a performer of any kind, things are hard and things are tough, but we're slowly getting back to doing what we love to do and don't quit. Don't stop keep working and you know you heard Leia talk about you know her practicing and you know keeping in that mindset and auditioning for things and just just keep doing it keep putting yourself out there um, and you'll find beautiful things to be a part of so thank you so much for joining I really really appreciate it Leia awesome thank you so much thank you for all of you out there if this is your first time here welcome if this is your time coming back thank you so much for that um, and regardless of where you're coming from, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and I will see you on the next episode.